It's fun to be free. He won't forget the licking. He got from that big chicken. Now he gets his poultry from the store. Somebody do something with that kid. from the cast of the Disney Magic and the world-famous Disney characters. W Radio, your information station. Welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. This is show number 83 for the week of September 7th, 2008, and I am your host, Lou Mangiello. I literally just stepped off the Disney magic, so I apologize for not having any news or rumors again this week, but I will give you a few quick updates I picked up while I was in Walt Disney World. Now, as if the first weekend of the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival, the inaugural Expedition Everest Challenge, the final hoopla at the Adventures Club, and just the fact that it's Walt Disney World isn't enough to get you down to the parks during the weekend of September 26th through the 28th, then my first segment just might be the extra little push that you need. Adam Roth, the boy wonder behind the Celebrations 25 event, joins me to talk about Worldwide Weekend, the weekend-long signature event that includes backstage tours, group rides, a chance to meet fellow Disney fans, and so much more. I'll be attending that weekend as well, and we'll tell you all about the events and how you can participate. Now, since Top 10 with Tim sounds better than Top 10 with Samantha, Tim Foster joins me again this week for another Top 10 segment. This week, we're going to look at the Top 10, or 30, places to get away from it all in Walt Disney World. It's some of our favorite out-of-the-way places, little hideaways and diversions in and outside of the parks. And finally this week, I'll announce the names of the three contestants that'll be moving on to the final round of the Adventureland Challenge Contest. Your votes have been cast and tallied, and we're one step closer to crowning the ultimate adventurer and the winner of the grand prize, the six-day VIP vacation for four to Walt Disney World. I'll once again end the show with a few more of your voicemails, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. As I said at the top of the show, I just got back from Walt Disney World and the cruise aboard the Disney Magic with Deb Wills and Steve Barrett. I definitely want to share with you some of my experiences in what was an amazing time filled with lots of little surprises and some new experiences for me and my family. And I want to quickly say 
just how great it was to meet so many new friends on board the ship and in the parks, as well as being able to spend time with some old friends and obviously our favorite place on Earth. There were so many people that I met this week. I hate to name names, but I just have to say a quick hello and thanks to some new friends from the UK, including Annette and her family. We ate at the Crystal Palace together. Andre, Jason from the Jungle Cruise, my friend the physician from the Mickey Pool on Deck 9, the Frazier family in Eden, Masayo and Nozomi Origato for teaching my daughter how to make origami, and everybody else that I met, please forgive me again for not mentioning people by name. I'm old and senility is definitely starting to set in. But like I said, simply because of timing, I'm not going to be able to do a full news and rumors segment this week, but I did want to give you just a couple of quick sort of bullet point updates from things that I saw while I was in the parks and yes, even while I was on board ship. First place I went when I get there, as I always do, was the Magic Kingdom. And the first thing that I noticed, got mind you, this was August, was that the Halloween decorations were already up at the end of August. The bunting, the pumpkins, everything. Mind you, the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party did start on September 5th, so I understand it. It was just a little odd to see Halloween decorations up in August. Something disturbing, dare I say, that I saw in Adventureland, of all places, was over at the egg roll cart. And let's just have a moment of silence because there's no more samosa. I've talked about it on the show. I think either during the top 10 snack segment or an Adventureland segment, I've probably mentioned it more than once. One of my favorite snacks at the little egg roll cart across from Zanzibar Traders by the Exit Swiss Family Treehouse, they no longer have them. And in fact, they now have corn dogs, oddly enough, in place of samosa. But something else I noticed were the changes in the drinks. Now you can get a bottle of Fuse Iced Green Tea, which I believe is a Coke product, as well as Smart Water. There's also still the Dasani Water, but now you have a choice between two different waters. There's also some of the Vitamin Waters. That's also, I think, a Smart Water product. There's definitely a move that I'm starting to see at these little kiosks towards healthier snack options. And this is actually something I'm planning on covering on a future show It appears as though, and according to a couple of cast members that I spoke to, they're going to be phasing out the soda bottles at the kiosks, and you're only going to be able to get Coke products and soda products at counter service restaurants. Not life-changing news, just thought it was interesting because I really wanted a samosa. Anyway, uh, speaking of the Magic Kingdom, the new Liberty Square Bridge is almost complete. It is open and it is beautiful. Um, If you happen to be there, definitely take notice of the light fixtures and some of the little details on there. I guess I'm telling you to look up and look down. There is some still additional work being done below the bridge, but it is open. It was closed for a while. That necessitated the rerouting of some of the parades. Uh, But again, the new bridge is open and it looks great. Uh, While we're in the Magic Kingdom, the Magic Kingdom is changing their wristband policies from now on for the evening extra magic hours effective immediately. Now, just like they tested back in February, you're no longer going to have to have a wristband. You don't have to wait online for sometimes a long time for wristbands. All you need to do now is show your key to the world card or your resort ID key in order to be able to stay in the parks for the evening extra magic hours. Uh, It's going to be very interesting, I think, to see how this works out, how much it may or may not be a nuisance to guests or cast members. I assume not very much since it did go through the testing earlier this year. I did see some minor cosmetic updates around the parks, including Sunset Club Couture over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Little disappointed. I think they're going to be taking the watch artists like my friend Jason Zucker 
out of there and be moved somewhere else in the park. It may just be a clothing store, but we have to wait till it reopens to find out. There's also some work being done in parts of Fantasyland and the Magic Kingdom. Again, just cosmetic areas by Tinkerbell's Treasures, for example, all around World Showcase in preparations for Food and Wine Festival. And one thing you should definitely check out if you're going to be in the Magic Kingdom between now and the end of October, look at the new Halloween statues of Mickey and the gang in and around the hub. Again, those are up uh, very uniquely themed, very different than the other little bronze statues that you find that circle the hub. And speaking of Halloween, as I said, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Party had its first night on Friday, September 5th over in the Magic Kingdom. Something else you might see there if you get to attend is that Mickey and Minnie now have new costumes this year. Mickey used to be dressed up as a scarecrow. Now he and Minnie are dressed in purple and orange, looking as though they're going to sort of a, a formal Halloween ball. Mickey has a purple top hat and tails. Mickey is no longer a witch. Now she has a party dress. Uh, with a lot of orange accents, and of course, there are plush that you can get in and around the parks that uh, that mirror the costumes of Mickey and Minnie. Oh, and as long as we're talking about celebrating that the seasons at Walt Disney World, the 2008 sleigh rides that I alluded to earlier at Disney's Wilderness Lodge are now available to book. You can call 407-WDW-PLAY. This is a great way to do something a little bit different during the holidays. It's $60. You can fit four adults in it. So whether it's just a couple or four adults or two adults with up to three children, it's a 25-minute sleigh ride. It departs every half hour between 5.30 and 9.30. That is over at Disney's Wilderness Lodge. That usually takes place uh, at the end of November and definitely through the month of December. You can fall, Again, you can call 407-WDW-PLAY to find out the exact dates. I did mention... While I was on the cruise and when I came back, I did find out a few things about the Disney Cruise Line, and one of them is a rumor. And it looks like the Disney Cruise Line may be looking to another new port of call as rumors are swirling that, wait for it, Alaska may be a future destination. Now, sign me up right now, but the Orlando Sentinel is reporting that Glacier Bay National Park and Preserve in Alaska said last week that Disney was one of a half a dozen cruise companies that submitted proposals seeking contracts to sail in that area sometime between January 1st, 2010 and September 2019. And finally, speaking of the cruise line, as I said, I did just get off the Disney Magic's five-day double dip at Castaway Key. Yes, I'll definitely cover this on an upcoming show. And it is going into dry dock for about three weeks. During that time, in addition to some painting and mechanical updates and inspections, It's also going to get a few new enhancements as well, one of which is going to be a new splash pool themed around Fantasia, new 22-inch LCD TV sets on swivel arms in cabins, amen to that, and other upgrades. Now, back to the splash pool, it's going to be a 385-square-foot Mickey's Splash Zone. That's going to be on and next to the Mickey Pool up on Deck 9, obviously themed around the Sorcerer's Apprentice in Fantasia. It's going to have star and moon-shaped fountains, splash areas, including an area for kids who aren't toilet trained, so you don't have to worry about bringing them into the big pool. There's a separate little area for them, just as one of the Mickey ears in the Mickey pool is now. Uh, Also, there's going to be new waterfalls that are going to flow from a pair of hot tubs in the pool at the adult-only Quiet Cove pool. That's in the forward part of the ship. There's also going to be new big plush chairs at the Cove Cafe, also adults-only. And something else that was interesting that I want, I'm very curious to find out more about is a new set of registration areas that have radio frequency identification at the Oceaneers Club and the Oceaneers Lab. Now, those are the kids' club 
for kids who are three and over and then for the, the preteens. These are going to allow children to check in and check out by just tapping its sensor with a, a, a wristband that has a, an electronic tag in it. Now, this should be very interesting to see. My kids love the Oceaneers Club. Uh, every other kid, I think, on board does as well. So do their parents. So it's very it's going to be very interesting. And now it looks like I need another research trip on the Disney Magic to see what these new upgrades are going to be. Again, I apologize for not having a full news segment this week or rumors. I promise to have them in the coming weeks. But as always, if you have news that you want to share, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. If you want to discuss or comment on anything I discussed in this little quick news segment, you can go over to the forums at disneyworldtrivia.com, discuss them there, or you can call the voicemail. Let me know your thoughts, 206-202-4WDW. That's 206-202-4939. Back in October 2007, something happened in Walt Disney World that had never happened before and likely might never happen again. Because thanks to the true grassroots efforts of a small band of Disney fans, a celebration of the historic 25th anniversary of Epcot Center took place. But beyond that, it was really a celebration that wasn't just born from the guests, but it included them as well, as thousands of them gathered to mark the occasion And they shared in the real magic that was created that day. And I was fortunate to be a part of that event and one of the many participants who will really never forget such an incredible moment. And if you remember, and if you think back, part of the sort of story within a story was that of the 16-year-old kid from Florida who not only got thousands of Disney fans to listen and gather, but got Disney to as well. And he's Adam Roth, who literally caught lightning in a bottle that day and with the help of other like-minded fans, has continued to build on his success. He's one of the founders of WDWCelebrations.com. Back in April, he and his team helped celebrate the 10th anniversary of Disney's Animal Kingdom with their Wild Decade event, and now they're back once again for Worldwide Weekend from September 26th through the 28th. So joining me to talk about what Worldwide Weekend is, what WDW Celebrations is, what's going on, and how you can be a part of it, I want to welcome Adam Roth from WDW Celebrations. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Lou. It's a pleasure to be back. Um, I have looked forward to this for quite some time, and I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to talk to you again. Like I said, you know, we we met way back before Celebration 25, which, uh, again, was just a true, unprecedented kind of runaway success. And then we saw each other a couple months ago for Disney's Animal Kingdom 10th anniversary which was really a treat. I mean, there was so much good stuff going on, and I'm happy that you guys did that. But now you guys are back with Worldwide Weekend, and it's celebrating basically nothing. (laughs) So (laughs) there's no sort of commemorative event. There's no sort of anniversary at Disney. So, Adam, why don't you tell us exactly what Worldwide Weekend is? Well, the Worldwide Weekend is WDW Celebration's first signature event. Like you've said, it has no specific reason for happening. It's not celebrating any anniversary or uh, anything specific, but we're we're there for 
a three-day event with an add-on day. So four full days of what we've done, uh, of new events in the vein of what we've done in the past, what have, what has been successful, along with plenty of new ideas as well. We've got some incredible meets planned and lots of unique activities. And with Worldwide Weekend, it's about the fans. It's about meeting with fans and celebrating with the fans the magic of the Disney parks. doesn't have to be an anniversary to have a great time and to have a giant group together. Um, and it's about the quality of the parks and celebrating that in itself. So that is why we are holding this year's Worldwide Weekend. And that really was what the success of Celebration 25 was. Yeah, we were all... Epcot fans and wanted to be there to mark the event, but what really sort of made that, again to keep using the term magical, was the thousands of people that are like-minded and got together and maybe had known each other, maybe had never met before, all kinds, and it wasn't specific to one community, it was different forum members, different podcast listeners, everybody sort of got together and had such a good time, and it's nice to see you carrying that on another event basically it's just another excuse for everybody to get together in Walt Disney World so and that that is part of our motivation is just another excuse to bring people out to Walt Disney World because it is one of the greatest places to hold meets and we will continue to do so for quite some time and the the beauty of the events is, is sort of twofold number one they're free you don't need to to pay for anything except for one sort of add-on thing that you have which I think a lot of people might be interested in paying for anyway, but it's also the schedule in that you don't need to go to everything. You don't have to follow a schedule sort of from beginning to end. You can come to as much or as little as you like. And what I thought maybe we would do, Adam, is let's start on Thursday with the add-on event and talk about some of the highlights from Thursday through Sunday. Like I said, the dates are September 26th through the 28th, and uh, things really sort of get kicked off in a very big way on Thursday. Well, Thursday is a very interesting day for us because we're doing something we've never done before. This is uh, an event that we've had in the planning since the day we formed WDW Celebrations, and we're extremely excited about it. It's what we call our custom backstage tour. It is a Disney-coordinated custom version of the backstage magic tour. And while a lot of people would think, okay, well, it's it's a standard backstage magic. We've got some locations that we're visiting that are unique to this tour, um, some that have never been done before for tour groups and some that have been added to the list just for us. We'll be visiting the American Adventure to see the technology that's behind that. We'll be going through cast services, the Utilidor system beneath Magic Kingdom, the north service area in central shops where we can see Imagineers building new sets and building audio animatronics. We'll see costuming behind the scenes of Tower of Terror, a lunch at Whispering Canyon with a guest speaker, and so much more. It's going to be a fantastic event. This happens from 8 o'clock a.m. to about 4 p.m. on Thursday, September 25th. And we will meet outside of Epcot. The cost per person is $225. And the only requirement is that all participants need to be at least 16 years of age. And ready to walk a lot. It's a long tour. but I, Now, I've taken the regular tour before a number of years ago. And it sounds like a long day. It sounds like a lot of walking. It is. But I will tell you that everything on the list 
is better than the last. And for the, the American adventure alone, it is worth the price of admission because what you get to see backstage, and of course I won't ruin any part of it for you, will blow you away. Uh, whether you are an American adventure fan, an audio animatronics fan, an Imagineering fan, that is just one of those sort of true once in a lifetime, super special things that you get to see that doesn't ruin the magic, but really lets you appreciate it and enhances it. It's really going to be a unique event, and I know it'll be my first tour uh, in that area, so I'm, I'm really excited to see how this is going to go. I'll leave out the easy joke asking if you're 16 yet, but that's okay. <laughs> and you can leave out any sort of height requirement joke for me, so... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that and that really is the only thing, for the most part, that's a paid event. That's why I guess you said it's sort of an, an add-on thing that not everybody can or will or would probably want to uh, do as part of Worldwide Weekend. And, and that's that's the point. It's I know I've spoken with a lot of people in the past when we first thought of this idea about the possibility of doing a tour, and a lot of people's hesitation was spending the money to do a tour with a bunch of strangers. Um, but now we're offering a tour with a bunch of people who are like-minded Disney fans. They may not know each other personally, but they all share a common interest, and that's one of our motivations for doing this tour. Exactly, and you'll see, uh, and I'll link, obviously, over to WDW Celebrations, so you can look at the specifics of the schedule, and rather I sort of go through them one by one. Like I said, we'll highlight some of the things, and if you look at Friday's schedule, for example, there are group meets, and there are group meals, and there is free time, so that you can do stuff. But a couple of the things that I know I enjoyed take place that day. Um, in addition to the group rides, the group photo and the history walk. And then at, at night, you have another sort of special event that everybody can do together. Yes, we're going to be doing our first hard-ticketed event, uh, which will be Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party that Friday, which is the 26th. Uh, we're going to take advantage of the shorter lines the unique firework event and unique parade. We'll have another group photo for those who are with us. And in what has become a tradition for us, we will have a countdown to fright event, um, much in the vein of countdown to Finn at Dinosaur last at a wild decade. We'll have a haunted mansion last ride of the night meet for that day. Right, an early Friday morning from 8 to 11 a.m., that's when you'll have the sign-in tables for people that registered. Um, and if you don't get there on Friday, that's okay because there'll also be time on Saturday to sign in and pick up your credentials. And Adam, again, let's just be clear. Although the event is free, you do need people to pre-register and explain to them why and, and what they get when they come and sign in. In our agreement with Disney, uh, a lot of people know our golden rule is that we work with Disney and have everything we do approved. And one of the ways Disney cast and management knows that our group is there is by having us wear some sort of lanyard or a wristband of sorts. And so as part of our activities, we require that each of our guests wear a lanyard or a wristband to signify that they're a member of our group. Um, so you are required to have that and we need to have you pre-registered to know how many wristbands we should bring um we will always have extras but we do need to have an approximate number and so we will be ready but the sign-in tables you'll also be getting some nice little giveaways you'll also get your schedule for the event um which will list everything that's going on 
It'll provide you with information on how to keep updated with the events so that if there's any changes, you will know. Um, so we have a lot of things to give out. It won't be too, burden, uh, too burdening, but it will be a nice little way to start your day. Right. And what you also, like you said, you get some stuff to sort of commemorate the Worldwide Weekend event. And Friday is the Magic Kingdom Day. Obviously, uh, that's where the group rides will take place that evening from 7 to midnight. That's where the Halloween party is going to take place. And there's the group rides, and there's lots of events, but you also have free time as well. And that's why having the pocket schedule is a good idea. Now, Saturday is kind of the big day. That's the Epcot day. And again, in addition to being able to sign in that morning in front of the ticket booths, there are some group rides. And there's something else I noticed on the schedule that really piqued my interest. And and again, something new that you're doing this year. Yes, our scavenger hunt on Saturday is something that, again, we've been brainstorming about since day one of WDW celebrations, and this is something we've spent lots of hours working on just to make sure that these questions are going to be intriguing and difficult at times, and some that are unique to any other scavenger hunt we've seen. And we've taken a lot of the best aspects of the World Showcase and integrated them into this. And then also we'll be using the Food and Wine Festival, which will have opened that same weekend. See, we'll now, you're, now you're talking my language. Now that exactly. now you got to the good stuff. And, and that is something. We've timed this event to go with the opening of the Food and Wine Festival. And that's one of the greatest things is with our World Showcase scavenger hunt, you will have a broad period of time to go around and look for these answers and at the same time as you go you'll be able to eat around the world Um, something that a lot of us have done in previous events and previous visits to Epcot during the food and wine festival to be able to walk around with your group while you're eating trying to figure out a question will be something we think everyone will enjoy and at the close of the scavenger hunt there will be a group photo and a prize presentation with a possible tiebreaker if anyone else comes to a tie and we will give out prizes to the top three winning groups cool and again all these events including the scavenger hunt they're all family friendly they're all kid friendly there's no age restrictions so people if they're there with their kids they can play as a family as well i assume that that's exactly it all of our events are family friendly uh we don't restrict anybody from taking part in their normal activities if it's drinking around the world or eating food at the different restaurants it's it's a very open acti- uh, activity schedule and everything we offer is optional so whatever you choose to do to do what we try to do is plan our schedule to be family friendly right and sunday is sort of a split day it's the end of the weekend maybe some people are heading home but again there's a lot still going on and in the morning it's animal kingdom in the afternoon and evening it's disney's hollywood studios Again, there's group rides on things like Dinosaur, and then later on you go to the studios, you could do Muppet Vision and check out Block Party Bash, and then at night, that's when you have your sort of end to the weekend with Fantasmic. And, and that's, again, I, I'm one of the few that can actually say I've still never seen Fantasmic and I've lived here all my life. Oh my um, but we will be going to Fantasmic, and we call that a Fantasmic end to a great weekend. And... We even have an optional meet at the end for those of you who have the extra Magic Hour benefits. You'll be able to take part in a Toy Story Midway Mania meet where you continue to go on as long as you like with the group. 
And so we think that's a nice way to end off the weekend and end off our event. Yeah, and again, I'm going to direct people to go over to WDW Celebrations. There you'll find the link for Worldwide Weekend. So you can take a look at the schedule and see exactly all the different things that they have planned. And again, the beauty of it is, is that you can go to only what you want or only sort of what fits into your schedule or maybe what you or your family want to go to. Uh, and again, just to go back to pre-registered, it is open to everybody. Anybody can attend the event, but you do ask that people pre-register. And when when's like sort of the, the dead end last day that people can register for the event? Friday the 19th of 2008 is the closing of our registration for the Worldwide Weekend. And once that closure date has come and passed, we will not be taking any additional registrations. So if you are considering it, please go ahead and register at the site, um, and we'd be happy to have you join us even for a few events. That's what we're here for. Exactly. And there's no obligation. So if you're, like you said, if you're thinking about going down or you're sort of on the bubble, you're better off registering now than not. And uh, I, Adam, again, the, the event so far is already starting to grow in size, much as it did with Animal Kingdom. How many people do you think you have registered so far? We have about 510 registrants so far, and we're expecting a couple more before we shut down registration at, uh, towards the middle of the month. So it's, it's a great number, and it's not about the number, really. It's about the quality, not the quantity, and we're going to offer an amazing event to everyone who comes, however many that is. And Adam, I'm just going to put you on the spot real quick. Obviously, if people have questions, they can go to the website and contact you directly. But as we were talking, one question that came to mind is, let's just say I get in Friday afternoon and Saturday morning, I've got breakfast with my family, and I just can't get to the sign-in tables. I've pre-registered, but I can't get there to pick up my credentials. Uh, Is there some way that I can still come to the events or meet up or something? Absolutely. You will find that we have core team members from WDW Celebrations around, and they'll be wearing their WDW Celebrations shirts, um, as well as a name badge that says core team. Just look for one of us, and we will be carrying extra badges for those who are on our list, and we can sign you in. If you can find us, we can sign you in at any time that we have the credentials with us, and we'll make sure you can partake in any of the activities we offer. Awesome. And again... The website to go to to find out more is www.celebrations.com. The dates are September 26th through the 28th, so it is coming up fast. There's going to be a lot of people there, a lot of new faces, a lot of old familiar friends that you may have seen at past events, I'm sure. Again, there's a lot going on. There's Food and Wine Weekend. Adventurers Club, we forgot to mention the Adventurers Club is closing that weekend. There's going to be Adventurers Club meet, what, on Friday night? We have built-in time in our Thursday add-on day, and we actually close Saturday's event the night early to allow people to head over to Pleasure Island later that night to be there for its closure on Saturday the 27th, when everything does shut down for the last time. Um, And I think people will be able to go there earlier than normal, but I won't promise anything. I think you'll be able to really honor Pleasure Island, and we will be there for sure, on Thursday to say our farewell, and we're offering our guests Saturday night as well. Well, then there you go. So it is commemorating an event, albeit a sad one. Um, what else? Oh, there's also the Everest Challenge is is that weekend. A lot of people, myself included, is participating in the Everest Challenge, but the schedule is flexible enough that you can still do the Everest Challenge, get your race packet, 
and still do a lot of the events. Um, again, September 26th through the 28th, Walt Disney World, for many reasons, looks like it's the place to be. If you needed an excuse to go, I think here it is. Um, Adam, I'm sure it's with other past events. There's going to be plenty of other surprises up your guy's sleeve. I will be there. Um, I'm happy to be participating and sponsoring the event once again. And um, congratulations in advance on what you guys have planned. I'm really looking forward to it. And Adam Roth, one of the founders of WDWCelebrations.com, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you very much again for having me, Lou. I look forward to seeing you again in a couple of weeks. It'll be my pleasure. week's top 10 with tim segment is gonna be a little bit different and no not because i really do have samantha brown here instead of tim but because of what we're gonna focus on dare i say it doesn't involve food at least not directly don't well don't worry or attractions sort of or even exciting new things maybe to see and do in walt disney world and in fact it's actually just the opposite because we're gonna be taking a look at the top 10 places to get away from it all. And to help me, as always, is Tim Foster from Guide to the Magic and the brains and the beauty behind Celebrations Magazine. Wow. I thought this was going to be top 10 ways you can see, sneak Samantha Brown into the conversation. <laughs> I'm sure I will fit her in at least one more time during our top 10 lists. But wait, I, actually, I guess top 10 has become somewhat of a misnomer because it's really yeah. more like a top 20. <laughs> and for this one... We talked about doing a single top 10 list, but when we talk, we talked about it, we broke it down a little bit differently because of how each of us looked at our sort of ways to quote-unquote get away from it all. So explain the difference and kind of how our two lists are going to be different this week. Well, I'm an active person and walk, and you like to sit and watch the world go by and snack. Don't make it sound like I'm a lazy guy that all I do is kind of, you know, waddle. I I waddle my way into Disney and just... (laughs) Lay there I with didn't a... <laughs> say that. Now, actually, the the way when I was thinking of this, one of the things um, that I really love to do at Disney is just to explore, and um, I I I like walking, so I, I found a lot of neat places to walk around and do stuff. But I know in doing our top ten list in the past, you found quite a few places to sit and sit and relax and watch the world go by. So uh, I thought I'd be really neat if we split it up that way. I'll talk about places to go for a walk in a quiet place, and you can talk about places to pull up a chair or lava rock or whatever's on your list and uh, and relax and, and enjoy the world that way. And I should clarify, because that was probably just the way that I read what you had suggested for a top ten. When you said kind of get away and just relax, because you know that how I like to enjoy Disney is to explore. So this was actually a good list for me to come up with, but I'm going to tell you, honestly, Tim, this was one of the hardest top tens that I had to come up with, and not because I couldn't come up with ten, but because I couldn't narrow it down to ten, because I have so many little hideaways all around property that I like going to, and yes, sometimes just sitting and relaxing, sometimes working when I'm down there, or just people watching, so 
I, now, will... I, I will say I have been known to enjoy a snack while I'm walking, so it's not to pick on you per se because I do the same thing. But I was the same way. I, this is a hard one to whittle down to 10, and I'm sure everybody out there will have their own place. They like to go and sit and relax or walk or whatever, and apologies if we don't get to yours, but... Uh, it was. This was a hard. I could have done twenty or thirty, maybe. So. And I actually did. So you will see at the end of my list. I have my my honorable now, mentions. So. I, I will say I've cheated. I, I've snuck a, a few two into ones here and there, which you'll see. All right. Well, go ahead and and you can go first, and we'll see where the the lists take us. Okay. Well, I'm going to start over in the Magic Kingdom, and uh, not a lot of places to walk to truly get away from it all. And actually, just before I start, I when I say that, I mean. Um, Places to walk where most people might not think to go or even know about. So it's a place to, as you walk down, not very far away, it's, it's all of a sudden very quiet, very remote, and you're, you feel like you're a world away, even though five feet away could be you know, 100 people waiting in line. For there something. better be something on your list, if, you're, if that's what you're going to say about the Magic Kingdom. But go ahead, I'll let you go forward. <laughs> well, the one there's one place in the Magic Kingdom that I like to wander through, and it is the pathway that connects Tomorrowland to Toontown Fair. Okay, you're, you're, you're in luck. Move along. <laughs> <There>. <laughs> so, And for those who don't know about it, and I have a suspicion a lot of people don't know about it because there's never really anybody there when I... Uh, walk through it. If you're in Tomorrowland, just head on to Space Mountain. Keep going and head to the left, and you'll see signs for Mickey's Toontown Fair. And what you'll find is a, is a very quiet path that meanders through the hills and the trees um, alongside the Walt Disney Railroad tracks. And it's a very, very quiet uh, place to walk and just enjoy the scenery. And you'll get great views of the train uh, coming by. And I actually had a nice photo op because I'm the only one there. Uh, the train was coming down, or it was just pulling out of the station, and, and the engineer saw me, gave me a little toot on the horn, a little puff of the steam whistle, and I got a nice picture out of it. So, um, You also get nice views of the Tomorrowland Indy Speedway, which is interesting. Um, but again, just very quiet. Nobody's ever there. I really don't think a lot of people even know about it, because there's quicker ways and more obvious ways to get from point A to point B. So, That is my number one on the list. And I'm happy you named it first because it's the first thing that I thought of when I thought about your list in the Magic Kingdom. Um, and you're right. It almost looks like you're not supposed to go walk that path. Like it's a cast member backstage path that leads you somewhere. But very nice, very quiet and cool. Very, very unique views of the train if you're a train aficionado. Yes. Yes. All right. So my first one is going to be probably my favorite. And... Shocker of all shockers, it's in Adventureland. And it's not just because I spent countless hours there over the last few months researching the audio guide, but it really is one of my favorite places anywhere in Walt Disney World. And yes, I did spend hours at a time there um, in this one specific spot working on the Adventureland CD. Um, it, it's If you're looking at Aloha Isle, if you look to the left, there is a quiet covered seating area used to be part of the seating area for uh, the Aloha Isle and for the Adventureland Veranda way back when. Most people now don't use it. It looks almost like it's abandoned. But for me, I love it because you can sit in the shade, you can watch people, you can listen to the Adventureland music. If you listen carefully, you might be able to hear the Swiss Polka in the distance. You can, yes, okay, you can sit down and have a snack <laughs> because there are tables there. Shut up. Um <laughs> 
for me, and forgive the geekiness here, I was actually able to sit there, plug in my laptop. There were some outlets there, um, and work in a cool, quiet, sort of out of the way place. Um, I'm going to throw in a quick honorable mention <laughs> and a second place here, because <laughs> another one that I love too when I talk about these little places like that in Adventureland is the courtyard over by Pirates of the Caribbean that I mentioned in the guide. I like that too, out of the way, a little bit not as quiet or remote. You're also sitting in the sun, but the Adventureland next to Aloha Isle, chances are if you walk by enough times, you will find me sitting there, usually alone talking to myself. But <laughs> that's the first one on my list. With an egg roll in your hand. Well, some sort of food item in my hand. <laughs> um, actually, number my number two, I'm staying in the Magic Kingdom, believe it or not. Um, there is another place where I like to walk. Um, this is on the other side of the park. This is uh, connecting Adventureland and Front, or I'm sorry, Frontierland and Liberty Square. Is the dock that follows the rivers of America along the main pathway, and I, I always like to walk that way. It's a little quieter. You get the scenery of the river and see the riverboat. What's always surprising to me is the lack of people that are on there. I can look literally a few feet away from me to the main thoroughfare between the uh, down frontier land and I'll see a mob of people walking by jostling and you know trying to fight their way through and then there's virtually nobody on the dock. There might be a few people walking here and there but Again, it's, it seems like an obvious place to walk, but most people, for whatever reason, don't see it. Maybe they don't realize it's there. Maybe they don't think they're supposed to walk there. But it's a real nice way to get from, uh, like, if you're going from Splash Mountain, you can go all the way up to the Haunted Mansion and kind of be close to the action, but just enough away that it's a little quiet, a little out of the way, and, and not nearly as hectic as it is for uh, all the people walking down the main strip. And there are food carts on either end, so you can oh, grab your boy. popcorn in Frontierland. <laughs> By the time you're done, you have now emerged back in time in Liberty Square. So. <laughs> uh, for my second one, a place to get away and sit down, I'm also going to stay in the Magic Kingdom. And uh, my, the next one on my list is actually the Wedway People Mover, known mm. to you and me as the Tomorrowland Transit Authority. You never said that it couldn't be moving just because you're sitting. That's um, true. <laughs> and I know it's an attraction, but it truly is one of my favorite places to get away and just sit quietly. There's never a line. It's outside, but it's always cool because it's all covered. You get such unique views of Tomorrowland, especially at night. I love riding the People Mover at night, uh, especially as it's getting closer to the end of the evening and the park is starting to shut down. Uh, you can normally ride it over and over again. If you are a mother with a young child, uh, it's sometimes a great place to let them go and take a nap and just kind of give them the swirling finger motion as you get back into the station. They'll usually let you, mm -hmm. let you ride again. Um, I used to love to take popcorn on there, but recently they've told me that I can't bring food up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Is that for everyone or just you? It, it, it might be just me. There's a little okay. picture of me and a popcorn and a big red right. egg. <laughs> So, all right, go ahead to next on your list because we'll be here for hours. <laughs> uh, I, real quick, that is my wife's all-time favorite attraction, and I'm so glad you said that. I maintain that's the best-kept secret in the Magic Kingdom, and let's keep it that way because I like it that <laughs> way. So. Um, for my next one, I'm finally going to get out of the parks. Um, we're going to head over to the Wilderness Lodge, uh, which is, of course, one of my favorite resorts, I think one of yours too. Um, and the path I'm talking about is the path that connects – Wilderness Lodge to the Fort Wilderness Campgrounds. And it's actually, it's actually an all-purpose nature trail. You can 
bike or, or walk or jog or whatever you'd like to do. It's a little bit lengthy. It'll take you a good, I'm trying to think, five, ten minutes maybe or longer to, to walk there depending on the pace you're going. And, and that truly is a place you, you get not too far into it. You are in a whole other world. You, you can't believe you're that close to the most popular tourist de- uh, destination in, in the world. It's, and you'll see all kinds of wildlife. I saw an armadillo there once. Now, for someone in the Northeast, that's quite a sight. I've never seen an armadillo <laughs> up close and personal. Yeah, I ran. I was a little scared. But uh, um, but wonderful places. Of course, when you get to the Fort Wilderness campground, there's uh, trails all over the place where you can and walk and, and get lost and uh, enjoy a quiet moment or two. But uh, even just walking on that trail, not getting to the Fort Wilderness campground, just enjoy the wilderness. It's all the trees and, and you get nice views of the lake and it's a wonderful quiet place to be agreed i, I agree with you and i'm and actually there's no, there's no snack stands there oh well then why go i don't know. <laughs> well there is the trails end buffet one uh, of the I, best of the best <laughs> in all of walt disney world one of the best bargains on property trails on buffet go back to one of the earlier shows we talk about it at length but i'm going to move on to the third i'm going to stay in the parks because I want to try and demonstrate that you don't need to necessarily leave the park and still kind of get away from it all. And I'm going to move over to Epcot and I'm going to, this is kind of a a half and half one because I'm going to give you a general one and just say, basically pick any bench along the World Showcase Promenade. And you can either decide to look out over the World Showcase Lagoon, enjoy a snack maybe, or... Look at just the beauty of some of the pavilions. You know, if you've listened to the show, some of my favorites. I love Japan. I love China. Uh, I love the Germany and Italy pavilion and the themed benches and just the views that you get just to people watch. But if I wanted to pick one place, maybe in World Showcase, if you go in Japan up by the Yakitori house to the left-hand side behind where uh, the drummers perform, there is a beautiful little pathway with this water garden and fountains that will lead you up to a seating area, a covered uh, by a big tree seating area next to the Yakitori house. Grab yourself not something to eat but maybe an iced green tea and sit up there. You get a great view of the lagoon. Uh, If the Taiko drummers are there, you can hear them in the distance. Very, very nice. Very quiet, out-of-the-way place to sit and relax. Didn't I hear this uh, top 10 snacks and world showcase thing once that might come in handy? <laughs> As a matter of fact, there. you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny you said that because in, in what you said, you said walkway and, and Japan actually snuck into one of mine. But it's coming later, so we'll hold off on that. Um, uh, mine, we're going to go back. Uh, we're going to go over to the Animal Kingdom. And I'm going to talk about the Maharaja Jungle Trek, which is... It's, it's beautiful, and, and compared to the, the Forest Exploration Trail in Africa, traditionally, traditionally, and as far as the many times I've visited before, a lot less busy than the one in Africa. Uh, although I think with Expedition Everest there, it's probably getting more action than I'm used to seeing. But still, a very, uh, very exotic uh, place to walk and enjoy the scenery. And not even so much the animals, even though they're wonderful to look at um, but there are so many little tucked away out of the way places to dare I say sit down and uh, relax and enjoy there's actually one courtyard that has a jade fountain and it. it's very beautiful that I like to sit and I do find not not a lot of people are back there uh, 
just sitting and relaxing. You might see some people wander through as they're moving on to the next attractions, but it's a it's a very exotic, lush place to sit and relax. Um, and one of my favorite spots in the Animal Kingdom, and this is my two for one. Another place I like in the Magic or the Animal Kingdom is the pathway that leads to Camp Minnie Mickey, where you cross over the bridge. Um, over the river, you get some wonderful views of of waterways and and waterfalls and so forth. And then you'll find Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and everybody fishing at the old waterhole there, which is which is funny. But the path from Discovery Island over to Camp Minnie Mickey very tranquil, very beautiful, and uh, very peaceful. And there are some great benches to sit there. And have you ever yes. sat and listened to the music? Listen very carefully along that path to the music because. In very, very different styles, you'll hear some very, very familiar Disney tunes playing. And it's one of my favorite background loops in all of the four theme parks. So nice. I am going to move back to the Magic Kingdom. And (laughs) don't laugh. Although the place I'm going to say involves food, you don't need to eat in order to enjoy it. And if you go to the Columbia Harbor House, bear with me here, go to the second floor And when you get to the second floor, if you're sort of facing in the direction where the counters would be, go all the way over to your right. And oftentimes, there's nobody upstairs there at all, Uh, even to the left. There's separate rooms on either side. You can get a seat right by the window and get some really nice views of Liberty Square, the Haunted Mansion, the Rivers of America, uh, over to Tom Sawyer Island. Again, it's just a place to get away, to maybe sit quietly, cool off, relax, have something to drink, um, but a little out-of-the-way place that uh, that I really enjoy going to. Very nice. One I actually haven't even tried yet. I'm going to put that on my list of things to do when I'm down there next. Um, I'm going to kind of stay in the Magic Kingdom, but slightly outside of the Magic Kingdom. Um, a frequent question I get asked, and I'm sure everybody does, is whether from the Polynesian or the Grand Floridian, whether you can walk to the Magic Kingdom or not. And despite the fact that there's a very nice pathway, which, hint, hint, we're going to come back to in a few uh, (laughs) items down the road, um, no, you actually can't walk from the Grand Floridian over to the Magic Kingdom without some transportation assistance. But the one resort you can walk to is uh, from the Contemporary. And the walkway from the Contemporary to the Magic Kingdom is next on my list. It's a very short walk. It's not that long, just a few minutes. Um, But you do get to enjoy the sight of the monorail going overhead. And the thing I think I like about it the most is that the traditional way you get to the Magic Kingdom, whether via a launch boat or the monorail, you're, you're with a crowd of people. You get out. You walk with a crowd of people to the turnstiles, go in with the crowd of people, and you're in. When you come from the contemporary, it's quite a long time before you actually start hitting anybody. So to me, it's similar to the International Gateway in Epcot, which is a kind you know, the entrance for the resorts is very quiet. Nobody goes there, so you kind of have your own private entrance into Epcot. And it kind of feels the same way when you're taking the walk from the contemporary to the Magic Kingdom. It's almost like your own personal entrance. And you can get up quite a ways before you see anybody, and it's a, a nice, uh, somewhat relaxing walk. It's, it's very neat because you get to hear the sounds of the Magic Kingdom as you approach, too, which makes you realize you're not that far away. So. And you're right. Nothing better than, than that view of the monorail passing yeah. overhead. I mean, 
seemingly very, very close. So I'm going to um, I'm going to spread the love and I'm going to move over to Disney's Hollywood Studios because I want to make sure I picked something at least one in each of the four parks. And for me personally, one of my favorite places in the studios um, is actually has Tim. It has nothing. Well, I take that back. It does have something to do with food. It's, Just say everything you do has something to do with food, and we'll be God. done. All right. It's <laughs> at it's a it's a it's a single bench at the end of Hollywood Studios, where there's actually a couple of benches on the left hand side by the statue of Walt with the uh, old motion picture camera. If you go to the end of Hollywood Boulevard, right off to the left. It is on the left-hand side. It, you have a wonderful view of the hat. You can look down Sunset Boulevard. You get to see all the Streetmosphere characters, many of whom perform right in front of you. Okay, there just happens to be a popcorn stand right across <laughs> the way, so you do get that smell, even if you don't want to eat it. It's okay. Uh, it's okay. A wonderful place to listen to the music, or when the parades go by, you're in a perfect spot right there. Um you could also kind of turn the other way. You can look at the lake over by Min and Bill's Dockside Diner. Maybe grab something to eat if you want there as well. Uh, really, really nice, shaded, quiet spot that I have on occasion spent literally hours just sitting and people watching and enjoying the sights and the sounds and the music and, yes, the smells of, of the studios. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And actually, coincidentally, I'm kind of in Hollywood Studios land myself with my next one. This is a blatant cheat of mine. I, I'm very much going to be doing a two-for-one here. I'm sorry, but um, what I'm going to talk about is the boardwalk itself. And we'll take this in two parts. First of all, the boardwalk, obviously very nice to walk around at night. Uh, there's a lot going on, a lot of action, a lot of lights. But my favorite time to walk around the boardwalk is actually early in the morning. And one of my one of my personal magic moments I always experience when I go to Disney, um, I, I love staying at the Epcot Resort, so I'm there more often. And when I'm staying at the Yacht Club, for example, uh, we'll arrive early in the morning or you know by lunchtime or thereabouts. You check in, hopefully get your room. If not, you check your bags in. Then I'll walk through the Yacht Club to the other side and come out at the boardwalk. And it might maybe it's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. There's nobody there yet. There might be a couple of people having lunch. All the hubbub isn't going on yet. And to me, it, it's like Wizard of Oz as I'm walking out of the black and white film of the house into the full color land of Munchkinland. I feel like as I pass through the doors and come out on the on the lagoon there, I'm in I'm in a whole other world. I have arrived and I'm at Disney because uh, you're all of a sudden you see I'm surrounded by all of these wonderful resorts and and there's the boat and there's Epcot and everything else. So the boardwalk in the morning is actually my favorite time to be on the boardwalk. And related to that is the uh, canal walk that leads over to the Hollywood Studios. And of course you can take a launch boat over there and it's a little quicker and a little less burdensome on the feet, but it's a walk I very much enjoy. It takes about 10 minutes or so depending on how fast you go, but You'll see a few people there, maybe a few people jogging early in the morning, but very, very quiet. And it's it's really nice to walk along the water. You hear the waves lapping up on the shore, and you see the boats go by, and you see the Tower of Terror in the distance looming before you. Very great if you get caught in a thunderstorm, by the way. Not great if you're walking in it, but it's a sight that's really spectacular. And uh, it's one of my favorite walks is that 10-minute trek to Hollywood Studios. And, and, do you, and do you know what that walkway is called? You're going to tell me. Yes. <laughs> it's actually called... I'm waiting for you to fill in the blanket. <laughs> it's actually named after Judson Green, who at one point 
was the chairman of Walt Disney Attractions. He was also um, the chief executive officer, I think, over at Walt Disney World. So a little quick trivia tidbit thrown in just for fun. So Very nice. I'm going to move over to Animal Kingdom. Like I said, I wanted to make sure I got one in, in at least all the four theme parks. And one of my favorite, favorite secret spots. It's not a secret, but it's a se- it was a secret for a long time for me. And one I just love going to sit at is over by uh, Drinkwalla in Disney's Animal Kingdom in the Asia section. You can go there and grab a Coke or a snack, but there's a little, if you take the little pathway down, there's a very small seating area that's right by Discovery River. Uh, There's maybe five or six little tables and chairs down there. Uh, You can have maybe a a thing of tea from the nearby tea stand. You can view the Discovery River. You can see uh, lots of little fun details and little hidden treasures that I won't spoil for you. Things that are located down upon the shores of Discovery River. Every now and then, one of the old Discovery Riverboat taxis comes by with some characters on it playing music. But again, quiet, shaded, out-of-the-way area, especially when things are very, very busy and very, very hot over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. That lower level uh, by Drinkwalla in Asia, one of my favorite places anywhere in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Very nice. And it never gets hot in the Animal Kingdom. No, never. never. <laughs> uh, well, I it's promise- a dry heat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I promise, unless you're on Cali River Rapids, it's not. Um, I promise we would come back to this one. And this is the this is the pathway that borders Seven Sleeves Lagoon around the Grand Floridian and the Polynesian. And this is just a beautiful place to walk, uh, particularly at nighttime. Uh, the scenery, the, the old street lamps that light your way, they just give you a, a sense of elegance and, and and being in a whole other world, especially as you're walking by the Grand Floridian and, and, and the Wedding Pavilion in particular, and you can see just the, the beautiful architecture of the resorts. Um, and if you time it right, you can actually get a glimpse of the Magic Kingdom fireworks as you're taking that walk, and that is a sight that you'll never forget. That, that One of my most fondest memories of staying over on that side is, is seeing the fireworks from the shore. Where she missed music a little bit, but the the ambiance and the elegance of that whole area is is something that's purely magic. I'm going to move outside the parks once again because when I thought about the list, there are so many places outside the parks and in the resorts specifically that I could find. I could almost pick one really for each of the resorts. So this is going to be a twofer, uh, giving you two of my <laughs> favorite ones. Uh, and they both involve the lobby of two lodges. And they're the lobbies of Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge and the lobby of Disney's Wilderness Lodge. Or both. Um, they both offer such wonderful, unique, relaxing experiences. I love in Disney's Wilderness Lodge how there is a roaring fire, although it may be 120 degrees with 95% humidity outside, that you feel compelled to sit in front of. The heat doesn't, doesn't bother you because you really feel as though you've been transported to the Pacific Northwest. Not that I've ever been to the Pacific Northwest, but I've seen enough pictures to know that's probably what it looks like. Um, The ambiance, the music, again, the same holds true for Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. You feel as though you've been transported to another place. And what I love is in the back of the lobby, there's these oversized rocking chairs that you can look out over the savannah. There are little museum pieces that you can go and see. There's so much detail, and you can easily talk to any cast member in either of the lodges who could describe so much of the architecture and the story and the meaning behind everything that you see. Both of those places 
are definitely worth making a special trip out for. Um, and there's not a lot of resorts I would say that about. No, Tim, even if you don't go eat there, make a special trip out and check out even just the lobbies of both of the lodges. Can I get a snack anyway? You can get a snack. And Boma right. and Victoria Falls, the bar <laughs> there is very nice as well. Uh, this It's coincidental because my next... Uh, item involved resort exploring but I'm going to I'm going to cheat a little bit and I'm going to sneak on your side of the fence for a second since you brought up the wilderness lodge I just want to throw in there uh, one of my favorite places to just sit and my wife's all time favorite place is in the wilderness lodge not in the main lobby but if you go up pick the numbers four, five, six, seven floors as you walk around the lobby uh, on the um and on the balconies tucked away here and there you'll find little seating areas with their own fireplaces and those are wonderful places to curl up and just sit especially if it's raining outside we were there once when there was a nice storm going on but it was just us sitting by the fire the fire's crackling one of my all-time favorite places to sit sorry for getting on your side of the fence there though that's but, right there's plenty of room uh, coming over <laughs> now uh, what i really want to talk about though is um i'd like to explore the resorts um just wander around you know walk down the hall see what i can find and my favorite ones to do that at are the beach club yacht club which i'll talk about for a second uh they are of course as everyone hopefully knows they are actually connected and this is something i actually got in the habit of doing when i was down there during a believe it or not a particularly hot time of the year i know it never gets hot down there um it was, uh, you're in Epcot, you are just so hot, you want to get back to your resort. And if you're staying at the Yacht Club, it's actually quite a little trek outside to get there. Uh, what I like to do is to sneak into the Beach Club as soon as I could and just wander through the halls, go past the gift shops, through the lobby, duck out a little bit because you have to go outside to go along Storm Along Bay, but go back in the Yacht Club, go by the restaurants through their lobby. It's just a wonderful spread out place to explore. And what I, oddly enough, what I really like about the two resorts, especially in the Yacht Club, is going by the gift shops. There's a dip in the floor that goes down and back up again. And, and I'll say, this might be a little embarrassing, but something my daughter and I did once that we really like to do is, especially in the Yacht Club, because that, that part of the floor is carpeted. Our feet are tired. We're hot. We took our shoes off, just walked in our bare feet down and up the little carpet hill and I don't know, it just rejuvenated our feet and made us feel good. And I know that's very weird, but it's something we do every time we're down there. <laughs> Please um, note that the op opinions expressed by Tim Foster and his daughter do not express those of Lou Mangiello or the WDW Radio You know show. what? But I, I told somebody else that, and I said tried. And sure enough, they came back and said, you know, we tried that. And that was really cool for whatever reason. So I, I recommend everybody go out and try it until we all start doing it. And they put a sign up shoes required when you walk down the hall and they ruin it for everybody but um, a couple other places I like to explore in the resorts the contemporary resort we all know about the, the fourth floor with the restaurants and everything but I like to duck down on the second floor where all the conference rooms are and, and just wander around there's usually nobody there and there's lots of places to sit um, nice little contemporary uh -huh. Uh, sofas and love seats and chairs and so forth. Um, and and Lou, I know I tease you about this, but I did grab a snack on the floor for once. Go down, get my laptop, found a chair, and just sat there and, and wrote and relaxed for quite a while. And that was very relaxing too. 
And my, my last resort piece that I'll throw into this very long number on my list is in the boardwalk, um, which I like to explore too. But one of my favorite places is as you enter the boardwalk from the World Showcase Lagoon side, you go to the lobby, hang a left, go all the way to the end, go out the doors, and you'll find a, a very quiet, peaceful little courtyard where the boardwalk garden suites are. And you'll just find a, a treasure trove of wonderful gardens and flowers. And, and you can just walk around and smell the flowers and relax. There's nobody there. Very quiet. Very beautiful at night, too. So um, I recommend visiting that if you're in the area just to see what it's like. Clearly you can see that, that there are so many wonderful places around the resorts, in and out. That's why this segment is going so long. What am I, You know what? To, to try and get things moving along because I, we still have three more to go each. I'm going to consolidate my last three. I'm going to bang them all out in one shot so this segment doesn't become a four-hour... I can uh, make my last two into one. So. Um, two more in the Magic Kingdom. The lower level of by the Plaza Restaurant outside where you can sit by the moat and watch the castle. You can look over towards Tomorrowland. Again, you can hear the music. It's quiet. It's out of the way. Uh, I know part of it's a smoking area, but if you go down, usually there's not a lot of people down there. And the other is... You might not think to, to take the boat ride, the little um, raft ride over, but pick up and get on a bench near Aunt Polly's Dockside Inn over at Tom Sawyer Island. Again, Tim, you can grab an ice cream. I'm, I know. I miss the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> there. Or, but just grab a drink, sit on the covered porch that extends out, talk about some beautiful, unique views of Liberty Square, the Rivers of America, the Haunted Mansion, Frontierland. Really, really, really nice worth taking a trip over. If you have young kids, let them go, explore, run around, enjoy the island while you just sit and enjoy a cool, quiet place in the shade. And finally, an all-encompassing number 10 is a boat ride. There are mm-hmm. so many. Pick one that suits your fancy, whether it's a boat ride along the Sasagula River, maybe heading to downtown Disney from Port Orleans, a pontoon boat going out on Crescent Lake or going out to see Illuminations, uh, going out on Breathless, also, again, something I've talked about a hundred times, one of my favorite things to do on property if you want a real special treat. There are so many different watercraft to choose from, whatever suits your mood and style and how much you want to either have an exciting time or relaxing time, a way to get away, sit and enjoy some time outside the parks. Yeah, I love the uh, boat launch from the Wilderness Lodge to the Contemporary. That's one of my favorite things to do on the boats. Um, I'll put all my last ones together here. Um, this all involves Epcot. Uh, very quickly, we're going to head over to where my favorite places are from Future World by taking the path that follows uh, the Journey into Imagination, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience attraction uh, that leads to World Showcase. Not the main promenade, but if you head off to the right, you'll find a little path. Um, a lot of people go on it, so I wouldn't call it an out-of-the-way path, but there's some nice rose gardens there. And there is a little cul-de-sac, if you will, back there where you can kind of sneak around and, and hang out. Uh, but where we are ultimately heading to is to World Showcase. And anybody that knows me probably guessed long ago that this was going to be my favorite. Um, it's uh, just nighttime at World Showcase, walking around, particularly after Illuminations ends. One of the things I recommend that everybody try at least once is to, to hang back for a while, let the crowds leave, like give it five minutes or so, and then just wander through the pavilions. Now the, the restaurants and shops and attractions will be closed, but you can still wander through. 
Japan, which is one of my favorites, like you mentioned earlier, is one of my places to wander through. Uh, China, walking along the lily, pan, uh, lily pond. And uh, even, even walking through Canada and going down the stairs and walking by the waterfalls and so forth. And my last parting shot is absolutely my all-time favorite walking place, is as you're leaving World Showcase, if you're staying at the Epcot Resorts, go through the International Gateway, walk past the boat launches, the path splits, everybody heads to the right and goes up the bridge, but if you head to the left, there's a little tiny path that goes underneath the bridge that nobody goes on. I don't know, again, if it's something that people don't think they're allowed to go on or they just don't notice it, but the walkway along the waterway with the music playing, the lights going on, or the light of the resorts in front of you is simply breathtaking. I have a beautiful photo of it as my desktop on my computer, something I never forget. There's a scene in Ratatouille that make, reminds me of it every time and I start losing it. So that is my all-time favorite place to walk. It's not that long, but it's very, very magical. And I think one thing that our very, very long, very exhaustive list goes to prove <laughs> is that there, despite what people might think, say, you know what, I'm in the Magic Kingdom, I'm running around, there is no place to escape or get away or be quiet or just kind of wind down. There are literally hundreds, and I'm sure people who are listening have ones that they enjoy on their own, or they're saying, well, what about this one, because I, this is my place to go. You're going to have to indulge me here just because... I'm recording on this side, so I'm going to just blow. There are other ones that I was juggling in and out of the list that I just wanted to go through real, real fast, and I won't explain, you know, that you should be able to understand exactly where they are. One is the Town Square Exposition Hall on Main Street. All the way in back, there's a theater that shows old cartoons. It's quiet. It's cool. It's air-conditioned. Yes, you can even take a nap back there. You don't have to have a snack. Uh, the dining area in the back of El Parada y El Perico, not saying you have to eat there, some very uniquely themed rooms. Again, cool. There's fans or air conditionings. There's a little courtyard back there as well. Very nice. You get the Adventureland and Pirates of the Caribbean music in the background, a place just to sort of kind of sit back, get away, take a ride or multiple rides aboard the Walt Disney World Railroad. That is a whole nother fun thing that I like to do in and of itself. The Liberty Square Riverboat. It's about 17-minute long trip around. You can sit outside on deck you can sit inside in a covered area i think it's a, it's a hugely overlooked attraction one that i enjoy pay close attention to the narration the back of the united kingdom pavilion near the hedge maze when it's quiet and when the band isn't performing back there really but i love really that nice. band <laughs> i knew i knew you did <laughs> a really nice place to get away i've said it before on the show it's a hidden treasure having tea in the lobby of the grand floridian it's mm -hmm. a, a wonderful nice experience that you can do with your mom or dad or your daughter or your loved one, whoever it is. Again, a quick monorail ride from the Magic Kingdom. Um, back over at the Wilderness Lodge, the boat dock that extends, we talk about taking the boat back and forth. There's a bench out there, and you can sometimes just sit and on that bench and look out over Bay Lake and look out over, um, you know, towards Fort Wilderness and the Old River Country, a nice place to sit. Believe it or not, Tim, the baby care centers. Um, if you have a young child or a baby or if you are uh, an expectant mother, they're wonderful places. And I, and I don't mean this as a joke. It really is if you need to kind of get out and get out of the heat and need maybe some help or need you know, a place to take care of your kids, all the baby care centers in all the parks are awesome. The monorail. Just hop on board the monorail and take a couple of trips around or take that. I love taking the ride back and forth 
from the TTC over to Epcot. I'm going to throw another food one in there, not because the food <laughs> is excellent. Wolfgang Puck Express over in downtown Disney in the Marketplace side, not the one by the Virgin Megastore. Sit outside, watch people go by, listen to the music. It's wonderful. The Flame Tree Barbecue in Disney's Animal Kingdom, the lower level, overlooking the water and Everest in the distance. Again, one of my favorite places to sit there. On the opposite side, in Africa, the back of the Dawa Bar. Um, again, bordering on the Discovery River there. Um, one place that I like, and unfortunately it's a smoking area, which just bothers me to no end, Ooh. is in the back of Ye old Christmas Shop in Liberty Square, where the Concord Bridge is, uh, right by the old Fife and Drum Snack Bar, which is now shuttered. There is a quiet, shaded sitting area. Again, it really is, for the most part, a smoking area now, lounge now, so I don't like sitting back there. Um, there's also the very weird Pocahontas leaves in the background backdrop back there, although you can often find Captain Jack Sparrow, of all people, especially during some mm-hmm. of the parties. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about it on the show, the River Roost Lounge over at Port Orleans Riverside. Go check out Yeehaw Bob there at night. And if you're staying at the Yacht or Beach Club... Pull up a lounge chair at Stormalong Bay and make your day in one of Walt Disney World's mini water parks. So, And go to the solarium in the beach club. There you go. And that's like our tra- that's like our top sixty list right there. I was trying when you were doing that whole thing, I was trying, ooh, let me sneak in one more. And you kept saying every one of them. But Yeah, I, I, and again, like you said, everyone's gonna have a list of twenty of their own that we haven't even mentioned. So that's the great place. That's the great thing about this place. Exactly. And there's there's plenty more fun top 10 lists to come. So next on our, our, our top 10 list, we're going to do the top 10 shameless plugs. And the first one's going to be for Celebrations Magazine, which, when it comes out, is a great thing to read in the parks in one of these 60 or 70 out-of-the-way places um, <laughs> that we mentioned on the list. Uh, Tim and I, actually more Tim than I, have been working feverishly on getting the magazine out. Tim, I know you are excited about what's coming um in, in just a few short weeks or months, as it may be. I wish they were short weeks. They're going to be long weeks. No, it really, it's shaping up to be a, a whole lot of fun. There's all kinds of things going in there. And, and the more I work on it, the more fun it's going to be. Um, and the, yeah, I don't know what to say. We have a lot of cool features in there. We have, we have There's a regular articles and interviews, of course, but we're going to be spotlighting some attractions, resorts, some of your favorite films. There's lots of games, lots of... Uh, secrets and places to explore scavenger hunts it's going to be a whole lot of fun and i can't tell you how much fun it is to be putting it together yeah i'm really looking forward to it i know we have a lot of things planned not just for this first issue but for ones that are coming up uh, in the future for more information about the magazine you can head on over to celebrationspress.com i'll also put the link in the show notes and also don't forget to go and head out and check out tim's website that is guide to the magic.com he still is pumping out his guide to the magic for kids and his uh, plethora of other fun and informative guides as well. Yay! Tim, Samantha, whatever, whoever you are, this is always <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, I, I look forward to the next, hopefully not as long, top 40 list with Tim. Maybe we'll do an attraction or something next time. Yeah, something normal. <laughs> next time. <laughs> we've done smells, we've done out-of-the-way places. Maybe we'll do something. And of course, if you guys have a suggestion for a top 10 that you want to hear on the show, by all means, send me an email to lou at wdwradio.com. Tim, Thanks again, as always, buddy. Thank you.
It's time to announce the names of the three finalists in the Adventureland Challenge Contest. Things are really getting exciting now as we head to the next level, because as you know, there were 25 entrants that made it to round two. They were all given the same photo, which was of the gorillas in the Jungle Cruise camp, and asked to create a funny or witty caption for it. From there, you, the listener, had a chance to vote on your favorites, and vote you did. The votes have been tallied, and I first want to thank all of you that came out to vote to really try and help make somebody's dream come true of being crowned the ultimate adventurer. But before I announce the names of the three people who are going to advance to the final round, let me just remind you what they're playing for. And first, I have to say thanks to our sponsors, Mouse Fan Travel, All-Star Vacation Homes, and Hidden Mickey's Guide. Thanks to them, one lucky winner is going to receive the grand prize. For him or herself, and up to three guests, they get six days and five nights at the Walt Disney World Resort at a deluxe Disney Resort accommodation with concierge club access, Magic Away Park Hopper Passes for six days, the Disney Dining Plan, a $1,000 American Express gift card you could use for travel, souvenirs, whatever you like, private round-trip airport-to-resort transportation, a private dinner with me, you're going to get some personalized pre-arrival itinerary planning with Mouse Fan Travel, an iPod Nano, a digital camera, the oh-so-coveted Disney World Trivia prize pack, and plenty of surprises that we're just not going to tell you about. The second and third place winners are each going to receive a four-night stay at an all-star vacation home, two four-day park hopper passes, an iPod Nano, a $50 Disney gift card, and of course, the Disney World Trivia coveted prize package. Now, for each of the 25 semifinalists that does not advance, they are all going to receive, of course, the prize package and an iPod shuffle. Okay, so the three contestants that are going to advance to the final round in no particular order are Jeff DeBoer. His quote was, rental car, $150. Savannah room at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, $500. Bell services monkeying around with your new luggage, magical. The second of the three contestants that's going to advance to the final round is Kathy Adams. And her quote was, quit fooling around and help me find that darn cricket. If I hear one you wish upon a star one more time, I'll go ape. And the third and final contestant that's going to advance to the final round for a chance to win the grand prize is Ashley Fisher. Her quote read, perfect for the adventurer at heart. This home features a river view, spacious rooms with cathedral ceilings, detached garage, and intimate interactions with fascinating wildlife. Congratulations to each of the three finalists, but remember, they're not done yet. Each of these contestants is going to appear on the show. They're going to answer questions and plead their case to you, the listener, as to why they are the ultimate adventurer. You're once again going to have a chance to vote online to help determine the winner, so it's important that you stay tuned for not just their appearances, but how and when you can vote. Remember, you can truly help make somebody's dream come true and grant them the ultimate VIP vacation to Walt Disney World. Thanks again to my sponsors, Mouse Fan Travel, All-Star Vacation Homes, and Steve Barrett from HiddenMickey'sGuide.com. To everybody that played and everybody that voted, congratulations again to all of the round two contestants and to our three finalists, and good luck in the final round.
That's all the time we have this week. Thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks again to Adam Roth. You can find out more about Worldwide Weekend by going to visit www.celebrations.com. Also, big thanks again to Tim Foster. He is from GuideToTheMagic.com. Go check out his site, subscribe to his newsletter, and check out his Guide to the Magic series of books for both kids and adults. Remember, Tim and I are also working together on Celebrations Magazine. That's the new print magazine coming out very, very soon. For more information, you can go and visit celebrationspress.com. You'll also find the link in the show notes. We are working feverishly to get our first issue out soon. It's going to be chock full of articles and trivia, photos, games, history, reviews, and so much more. And until that time, you can still take advantage of our pre-publication special. You get six issues for $24.99. That's 30% off the cover price. Again, it's Celebrations Magazine. You can go visit us at celebrationspress.com. Speaking of our show notes, you can find those at wdwradio.com. In addition to this week's show notes and links and more information about what I covered on this week's show, you'll also find our show directory at the top of the page. There you'll find an archive of all the past shows grouped by date. You'll also find a little blurb telling you what was on that show in case you want to go back, check out a segment that you may have missed. While you're there, you can also go and check out the free sample that I have for the Main Street USA Audio Guide to Walt Disney World. I'm offering a free download of a 10-minute clip right from the CD. A lot of you asked me what the CD is, what the audio guides are all about. Here's a chance to experience exactly what you'd find on the CD or the download. Main Street USA and Adventureland are now available. CDs are just $9.99. Instantly downloadable files are just $7.99. You can order either of those at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. And while you're on the site, I also encourage you to go and visit some of my recommended travel providers and partners, including All-Star Vacation Homes. They have exclusive specials just for WDW Radio listeners. You'll find their coupon at the bottom of the show notes page. Orlando Fun Tickets for the best possible prices on discounted and authorized official Disney tickets. You can visit OrlandoFunTickets.com and Owner's Locker. They have an exclusive special just for listeners, $50.00. Off the sign-up fee, you'll find the link to Owner's Locker and how you can get take advantage of that special offer on this week's show notes page. And last but certainly not least, I highly recommend Mouse Fan Travel for your next Walt Disney World, Disneyland, or Disney Cruise Line vacation. It's so much more than just being able to get you the best possible price. It's their commitment to personal service that separates them. I just use them for my Walt Disney World trip with my family and my cruise aboard the Disney Magic I cannot say enough good things about Becky, who you've heard on the show before, and her team, and the magic that they really provide. For more information, you can go and visit mousefantravel.com. I have lots of exciting things planned for upcoming shows, including more of your emails, the winner of the co-host for the day, more special guests, and a few surprises as well. If you have a question that you want answered, a segment suggestion, anything at all that you'd like to share, email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Or call the voicemail, be on the air anytime, 206-202-4WDW. That's 206-202-4939. You can call with comments, questions, just to say hi. I promise to get to more of your emails in the next couple of weeks. And if you want to comment on or if you want to talk about the show with other listeners, go and visit the WDW Radio Message Forums over at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. It's fun. It's free to join. If you haven't registered yet, it takes just a couple of seconds. We have almost 30,000 registered members on the forums. It's a great place to go and chat with other Disney fans in a completely family-friendly environment. Again, that's over at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. And as always, 
If you like the show, please help spread the word. Tell others about it. Review us on iTunes. Come say hi on Facebook. I keep saying you can follow my updates just like I did this past week on my uh, vacation over on Twitter. A bunch of you have asked me exactly what Twitter is. If you go to WDWRadio.com or DisneyWorldTrivia.com, you'll find a link to Twitter.com slash There you can just sign up and register. You'll get any updates that I post, including photos from the parks or any of my vacations, wherever I am, instantly. You can also comment and reply back. It's a lot of fun. Again, that's Twitter.com slash Of course, thank you again for taking the time out of your week to tune in and listen to the show. I really, really do appreciate it. I hope you all have a great week. Thank you again. See ya. Hey, Lou, it's Jim here. I'm a band on the run known across many of the Walt Disney World message boards. Uh, I finished listening to the Richard Sherman interview, and I just want to say that that uh, goes up in the ranks of probably amongst your best shows. Listening to it, I couldn't help but reminisce about uh, items like the Tomorrowland uh, special uh, Treasures DVD with the Marty Sklar interviews. Uh, Richard Sherman is, is definitely among the Disney legends, and I want to thank you for getting him on your show and, and uh, having him provide the insight to the attractions and the songs that he did, certainly as the overall Disney experience for me. Uh, great show. Uh, thanks very much. I look forward to the next ones. Bye. Hey, Lou. This is Jeff Oldham from St. Augustine, Florida, a.k.a. Magic the Weaver on the forums. And as we were wandering around Epcot today, um, I stumbled upon Epcot creating the new world of tomorrow, um, like a little mini museum of Epcot. It's, it's uh, behind the Epcot, Epcot character spot in uh, Innoventions and um, just a treasure of things from when the park opened and all kinds of concept drawings and, and little models and old costumes and, and just a, a wonderful, wonderful place uh, that, that I thought I would share. I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've stumbled across that, but it, it's quite a hidden treasure uh, here inside Epcot. And um, just wanted to pass that along and tell you to uh, enjoy. I enjoy your show and keep up the good work and um, hope you had a, a great time here at uh, Walt Disney World this Labor Day weekend. And uh, we will see you. Hey, Lou. Jeff Oldham, St. Augustine, Florida. Magic Believer in the Forums. I was just catching up on some old shows and listening to your February 24th show where you were answering an email about the different tours. And I'd just like to chime in that uh, they are wonderful. For our 25th wedding anniversary, I surprised my wife with a week trip to uh, the Magic Kingdom. We stayed at Animal Kingdom Lodge and thoroughly had a wonderful time there. But And as part of that, we did many of the tours. We did the uh, Keys of the Kingdom tour, the Magic or the Behind the Magic tour. We also did the Segway tour over at the, the Fort Wilderness Campground, the, the backcountry tour where you ride the off-road Segways. Um, but, but a comment on the uh, Keys of the Kingdom and the Behind the Magic tour. Both of them were wonderful. We, we did the uh, Keys of the Kingdom tour first and got the whole history of Main Street, went over into 
the Haunted Mansion and the Jungle Cruise ride. We also got to do the Pirates of the Caribbean ride and and uh, just had a had a great morning spending that time doing that. Uh, and the, and the other thing that they did to to help enhance it, and I don't know what it was like before, but the uh, our tour guide had a uh, headset with a microphone, and all of us had had headsets with earpieces, and so we could, as long as we stayed within a 20, 25 foot, maybe a 30 foot radius, we could hear them without any problem, and it was it was wonderful. It was a wireless system that they had set up, and it was it was great. The Behind the Magic Tour was also a, a wonderful experience. As you said, we started at Epcot, uh, got on a bus, went around behind Epcot, past Soren. They talked about the building of Soren, why they, the color, why it's the color that it is. We also did, um, as part of that, we got to go into the back of the American Adventure and see all of that how all of that works back there with the scene changes and the and the uh the war wagon that they have under there and uh and we actually got to see and feel and touch the some of the they have a, a mock up of an audio animatronic head there that we could see behind the skin and and touch the skin and see what that was all like and then headed over to MGM Studios spent some time there Got to go behind the scenes for Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster, uh, the costume shop. We had dinner, or uh, not dinner, we had lunch at the Whispering Canyon over at the Fort Wilderness, which was uh, always a lot of fun because that's such a fun restaurant. And then we wrapped up our tour at the Magic Kingdom, did some things at Magic Kingdom, the Utilidors, Got to be right there for the parade, and then headed back to Epcot to end our tour. So it was it was a wonderful, wonderful day. It's run by this particular tour is run by Disney Institute, which was kind of fun also because we got to spend some time talking about the Disney Institute and what that does and and the outreach programs that they have, and um, just a wonderful tour. Can't recommend it enough. And in fact, I heard on a Later show, I think it was just a, a show a couple months ago that you and Jeff Pepper were talking about doing a research trip and doing a behind the magic tour. And uh, if you let us know, my wife and I would be probably one of the first ones to sign up to go on that tour with you. So enjoy your show, keep up the good work, and we will see you. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Dave, your neighbor in Edison, New Jersey. I'm calling from the parks, uh, just finishing up a little uh, solo trip down here. And I just wanted to let you know how much that your show added to my time, uh, my enjoyment down here. Uh, I uh, took the audio guides with me, walking through the parks, uh, through the through Main Street and through Adventureland. Uh, it was like having a personal tour guide. It was really great. Even after many visits down here, I learned so many things and noticed so many little things I had never noticed before. And uh, I also enjoyed listening to your regular show and the DSIs. Uh, I was in line for Peter Pan listening to you and Jeff talk about the ride and uh, and then immediately got on the ride and was able to see all the things that you talked about and point all the little details that you pointed out that I had never noticed before. It was really great. If you ever collected all those DSIs and uh, put them in a CD, I would definitely buy it and take it with me the next time I come down here. So uh, 
anyway, I just wanted to thank you for all your hard work with the show and for bringing Disney to all of us. And you'll keep me uh, going until my next trip down here. Thanks again.